0: So we do that this morning. We bring our faith together, God, and we pray for these, God, that are suffering and ill and facing these issues. And we also pray a general prayer for the church entirety, Lord, Amen. that, God, that people get a fire built under. Yes. Amen. Lord God, that they quit relying on excuses. Amen. Lord God, this is the day of battle. This is the day of a fight. <coughs> This is the day when we're told to stand. If all we can do is stand, then we're supposed to stand. Amen. And I pray, God, Father, let this resonate. Let it flow from beyond this place, God. Let this be preached and taught all over the land this morning that we are the strength of this nation, God. The church. The people of the church. And we're the strength because you give us the strength, Lord. We're the power because you give us the power. Mm -hmm. God, we're the ability because you give us the ability, Lord. We are the anointed because you give us the anointing of the Holy Ghost, Lord. Father God, to help us and assist us in the battles that we're in, Lord God, and the warfare that's raging all around us. Father God, I pray, Lord, help people wake up. Help the church wake up. Help us arise to the need, Lord. And God be forevermore, praising and rejoicing in you and giving you glory. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Go right ahead, brother. <laughs> As you, hear, and you might look around this morning and you might say, wow, well, there's not a lot here to carry on. Let me remind you about this right here. There's a lot of times that those of God, there weren't too many to carry on. Matter of fact, a lot of times there was only one. Yeah. One. Went it alone, done it alone, trusted in God alone, walked the walk alone, midst of adversity, midst of trouble, midst of problem, midst of persecution, midst of threat of life, but they kept going. Sometimes I think it does as well to read this Bible and read back and understand and realize what people have gone through to keep going forth. What they jeopardized. That's probably not a real popular word, and probably a lot of people don't really like to think of it. You mean I've got to jeopardize myself? Absolutely. If you're a Christian, you're in jeopardy this morning. Let me remind you of that. You're in jeopardy. You're in danger. You're a target. The church is a target. Always has been. Always will be. Why do we think it's so strange? Peter said that the fiery trials come against us. This happens. The people of God have always been challenged, individually and corporately as a whole. But we've got the same God that they had 5,000 years ago, the same God they had 2,000 years ago. God never changes. He's always able to keep His people going if His people will do what's necessary. Amen. We live in a push button automated society that is technical and data driven now. And there's an expectation that God's the same way. We push his button and he's supposed to show up and throw us awesome blessings and just keep anything bad from happening. Folks, you're not reading the Bible if that's your understanding today. And maybe if you are reading it, you've got a very wrong interpretation of it. God's people have always gone through trouble. There's always been things that stand up in, in adversity and things that we have to face and challenges and ordeals and all kinds of situations that are from... Many of these, if not all of them, come from the enemy of our souls, Satan himself. We've got to understand, this is a real battle. This is a real war. It's not a come to Sunday meeting and socialize a little bit and say a 30-second prayer and go to the house till next week. We are in a battle. As I speak this morning, there is a raging war that is taking place all around us. We're on the front lines. Stand with your words this morning. Thought I forgot. This is the greatest weapon you'll ever hold in your hand. There's a lot of things you could choose to hold and you might even be able to purchase. That's awesomely powerful and can do a whole lot of destruction. But you'll never hold one greater than this. Well, the Word of God. Let's say it. This is the Word of God. I will walk in it. I'll abide by it. I'll, abide by it. I'll adhere to, it. I'll adhere to it. And I'll stand upon it. And I'll stand upon it. For it is my strength. For it is my strength. In Jesus name. In Jesus name. In Jesus name, in Jesus name, in Jesus name. Praise Amen. God. Give Him the glory Amen. A God this morning. be once again. This is like other times recently. I don't have a, a, a chest of voluminous materials that I can read through and something fancy to bring this morning. I'm preaching off the cuff. I'm, I'm preaching what God has brought me this morning. Freshly delivered. Jesus made an interesting statement in the book of Luke, and I want you to see it if you'll turn there with me. Chapter 18. He made a statement first, and then I'm going to share it. The question that he uttered after making the statement. Luke 18. And he spoke a parable unto them to this end, or in this way, that men ought always to pray. I want you to catch that. That men ought always to pray and not to faint. That means lose heart. There's a lot of losing heart that is taking place all around the Christian community. There is a lot of lack of prayer that is not taking place all around the Christian community or there is a great lack of prayer. Let me put it that way. I really believe that that many Christians do not understand the power of prayer. The power of reaching and touching God. But again, I'm not talking about 30 seconds and it's done and your prayer time for the week is over with till you come back and pray 30 seconds again with the preacher or whoever it is that might lead in prayer at the next church service. Jesus said men ought always to pray always I don't know about your prayer life but I'm more than glad to guide you into one you may not have one this morning but you know something that's easily accessible the power that we have to pray and if you notice how Jesus stated and maybe immediately after he said men ought to always pray but then right after that he says and not to faint why do we pray? Jesus one day was watching the Pharisees and he made a statement and said, See there, see those? All they're doing is praying for somebody to see them. All the reason they're praying is for somebody to take note of them. In other words, their prayers are empty. They might look good, they might wear religious robes, and they might speak religious talk, and they might do religious things, but their prayer is empty. Because they're praying for the wrong reason. They're praying for notoriety. They're, they're praying for somebody to lift them up on a pedestal and say, oh, look how religious they are. That's not what Jesus meant right here when He said men ought to pray always. What He's talking about is they need to express their faith in God and their trust in God and they need to go to God expressing their desires and their needs and their hopes and, and lifting up each other Amen. and thanking Him. What's the order of prayer? Praise and worship. Then thanksgiving. Then petitions and asking and requesting. The words Jesus speaks. All the words Jesus spoke every time He opened His mouth were golden. They were anointed. They were the Word of God. They were the direction given to mankind to draw them closer to the Lord. And He speaks this parable. And He's talking about basically, and I'm going to summarize it, Persistence. Persistence. Talks about a king that was sought, that was come before. This isn't even a message this morning. I'm just kind of bringing this to the forefront because this is going to be a a platform from which we bounce off of this morning. How a widow came to him pleading. She kept troubling him. She kept being persistent. She kept asking, seeking, and knocking. She kept applying herself. Folks, there is a means in prayer that's applying of yourself. If we're only lip-whispering or lip-syncing or memorizing something, and that's as far as it ever goes. You see, real prayer is an application of self inserted into what you're doing here. God wants you. He wants to hear from us. He wants us to to be focused on Him and looking at Him intently and diligently and seeking and asking and knocking and intensely pursuing Him in prayer. Why did Jesus say men ought to pray everywhere? Always. Always. We're given prayer because the Word of God and prayer are the two greatest strengths and weapons that we have. And we're encouraged over and over and over again. The church is told to pray. To pray. To pray. To pray. Tanner preached a while back about Jesus in the garden and told him, hey, pray with me, pray with me. Every time he returned, he found him asleep. So the parable Jesus shares with these these disciples around him, and he goes through it all. He says, finally, this, this king avenges her he 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 opens his door and he gives her what she wants which is a desperate request be careful what you ask for don't go to God with silly stupid stuff yeah it's happening more and more silly stupid stuff when we really find a place in prayer of sincerity and depth I'm going to tell you something. When you really get there, you're going to pray the right things. And I'll tell you something. It's not going to all be about you. That's right. That about me society we're living in today. 90% of my 30 seconds is prayed about me. The rest of it, well, we'll kind of toss a few other folks in. We're other needs. That's not supposed to be the attitude. When you really find that place in prayer, it will be amazing to you what begins to open up to you. I call it Holy Spirit accompanied prayer. Be it in the language I'm speaking or some other language. I've been in that other language a whole lot lately. God has opened some doors. He's done some great things. When we pray in this aspect that Jesus is talking about, we got to enter a new territory. A new realm. you got to go deep. What else did he say? Well, in verse 8, he says this. I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. And I'm not reading the rest of the scriptures in between. nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, Shall he find faith on the earth? What a question? What a question? Who's the Son of Man? Jesus is speaking of himself. When the Son of Man cometh when he comes when he returns, will he find faith? <coughs> Only, this is a question Jesus asked. Will he find faith on the earth? What faith? Not just a word. Not just faith. Will he find faith? On what do you pray with? What's the only thing that'll work when you're praying if you really want to gain access to the throne of glory? What's the only thing? It's faith. God set it up that way. As a matter of fact, He give every one of us a measure of faith. He gave us everyone the ability to approach Him and look to Him and seek Him and talk to Him and communicate with Him and adore Him and love Him and worship Him and a lot of other things in the course of prayer. Prayer isn't just a few words for God. This is what I need today. Would you bless me in about 30 seconds? Prayer is... is a. A a territory or that realm or that sphere that you enter into where you access God and you begin to find the things of God and you begin to get a greater understanding of the power that He is and the supernatural ability that He holds and is willing to share with you. Prayer becomes supernatural when you get to that spot. And a lot of it is pure persistence. In my early days of Christianity, I, I, I wondered, and I've wondered some time since. Because many leaders do believe that you say a little prayer, and then God's supposed to show up instantaneously and perform that for you. Well, He can. But I'm not going to say that that's false teaching, because God can do that. He can show up instantly, can He? You ever had God show up instantly? At a, but most of the time, when that occurred, were you not desperate at the time
1: A little further, did you not have to spend yourself pretty
0: extensively? And I'm talking prayerfully. Got to insert some muster into it. self, self heart. Pouring your heart into prayer is most valuable and most rewarding. When the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? We find great soldiers of faith throughout God's Word. And as I said earlier, many of them had to go it alone. It's not that they didn't have help all around them. But you see, when it comes to the grit, and it comes to whatever it is at hand that we're having to deal with, Many times over and over and over in God's Word you find one person. One person amongst many that's able to do the work of God. That is able to use this word able to perform what is necessary to be performed and I'm not talking about a stage show when I say perform. I'm talking about put into effective action what it is that you've been given to put into effective action with and that's prayer. That's faith. That's faith. Faith at work. I'm nothing. And I'm less than nothing when you want to compare preachers, modern day preachers, mega preachers, I don't care who you try, you try to compare them with Paul and Peter and all those, they ain't nothing but a little spot of dust. And that's all. I don't care what they try to make themselves, they're a spot of dust. And so am I. But you see, God's always used small things to bring about enormous results. Faith and prayer and trust and confidence in God. We're facing an ever increasing Onslaught, I'll put it this way, of hellish proportions. Does anybody realize that? Hellish proportions. What do I mean by that? Right out of the gates of hell just being poured out on our society. How in the world did that happen? Well, I didn't realize that. Well, you have been asleep if you hadn't realized it's happening and continuing to happen. Mm-hmm. What seems to be the case is, well, we're going to be spectators. Spectators. It's kind of like when they took the early Christians to to the uh, what's the word? Tanner the gladiators, made gladiators, Throw them in the, with the lions. Everybody sat back, and there were spectators. Right. There was a few. I'm going to give you a sad note this morning. There's a tremendous amount of the church that are doing nothing but spectating. Amen. And watching it go on. And watching the slaughter, Never taking into reality and understanding that, hey, I'm in this battle too and I better get up on my feet and I better start doing something in the name of God and fight the battle because if I don't, we're going to get... This is a trying time that we're in. This is a time when things have been unleashed on the church that's worse than bad. Again, we're short this morning in numbers. Because there's a ravaging taking place. Reminded. several instances in the word this morning before service. One of them was David. Going to the book of Samuel chapter 17, and you don't really have to turn there. And this is a famous account of really the, the courage and the the might, or I'll say the spiritual might and courage of a little guy who really at the time wasn't seen as being really anybody other than a kid that went down to take his brothers down on the battle front some food to eat. I want you to compare. Now we don't have a 12 foot tall Goliath standing before us in all of his battle array that's raging and ramping up and accelerating his threats like David saw when he got down to that battlefield. We've got one a lot bigger.
1: His name is Devil. His name is Satan. Actually, Goliath was an instrument of
0: Satan in the day. All agents that oppose the church and that are against the church and whose will it is to destroy the church. Don't you ever forget that? They are all agents of hell. I don't care what name they carry or what stature they may have. If they're against the church, they're working for the devil. Here we had one. Goliath. David shows up and he begins to talk to folks. Hey, I'm just down here. I come down here to deliver some groceries to my brothers that are down here. And he begins to see something taking place. He sees soldiers. Soldiers. in all of their armor and their weaponry. He sees them hiding. Because there's a threat out there that they say is bigger than they are. And he's going back and forth, mocking the armies of Israel, who really, in reality, is mocking God. Okay. Any mocking God going on today? Well, you better look around. Oh, yeah. So David takes note again to talk to people, and I'm going to paraphrase what's going on here. Little guy. He don't have any armor. He don't have anything great. And he asked this one. And then he asked that one. And he asked those. And then he realizes something. You got a mass of people out here that are plenty capable have been given everything they could possibly need to wage war and to be victorious, and they're over here hiding behind rocks. right? Scared to death of that devil out there on the field. And they're not going to oppose him because you know what they're saying? He's too big. He's too mean. He's too ugly. He threatens us. He's been yelling threats all day long. Back and forth, coming closer. What's the word? Coming closer. As long as you'll back up, the devil will keep coming closer. Yeah, that's right. He'll keep advancing. And David said something. I want to read it to you right out of the word. 1729 first 1 Samuel and I want to read the last part of this verse he said is there not a cause is there not a matter before us here is there not something going on out here that somebody should be doing something about this guy out there is serious He's real, and he means what he says. And I'm not going to go ahead with the rest of the story. This has been preached multiple times. But David's question, when he posed it, is there not a cause? There's cause today. There's a situation today, multiple situations today that the church is facing. The nation of Israel here is relative to the church of today because Israel was the foundation of the church of today. They were God's people. This was God's army, the army of Israel. But when they saw a threat and they saw something that they looked like could endanger them and place their lives in jeopardy, they ran over here and they hid behind rocks or wherever else they could find. And this little guy shows up in here. Looks and says, Hey, wait a minute. There's a cause. There's a matter at hand. Somebody needs to be dealing with. And you know what he did? He gave up himself. Thousands. Thousands of soldiers with swords. Thousands of soldiers with armor. Thousands of soldiers with ability. <coughs> Clad with the finest of the day, backed down by one giant, so much so that they're finding refuge wherever they can find it and avoiding the threat that loomed before them, one (laughs) giant. Faith on the earth? It was his question. Read it earlier. Willie. Really? How do you see faith? Do you see faith because somebody says I got
1: faith?
0: Is faith faith because you talk about faith? I'm gonna tell you, when faith is faith, it's when it's put into action. That's when it becomes real. That's when it becomes operative. Did David really know what his fate was going to be when he put his foot forth and stepped out there to meet that giant and do battle for the entire nation of Israel all alone? Nope. Stepped out with faith. Right. I don't know what's going to happen, God. But I'm going. That's right. Saul wanted him to wear his armor. Nope. Can't do it. have not tried it. have not tested it. David went with what he had. He went with what he had. Read you something here. mind does? Anybody ever hear of a willing mind? What's a willing mind? Did David have a willing mind? So when you said this, by the will that's within you, which I'll utilize and couple together with faith, the faithful will within you when you utilize that, God sees it. Amen. A willing mind. Mind to do what you the scripture found in second Corinthians chapter 8 verse 12. Now this is talking about giving is what it's talking about but I want to use it this morning in the aspect of what I've been preaching it says for if there be first a willing mind it is accepted according to that a man has and not according to that that he has not. I'm talking about faith, I'm talking about prayer, I'm talking about a willing mind. If you don't have a willing mind, you might as well break camp and go on to the house because you're not going to be in good. Amen. You're never going to be successful in battle. That's right. Your mind has to be willing. you got to get focused and set on what it is that's out there that's got to be dealt with, this matter at hand, or this cause. Right. You can't deviate off and get all caught up on everything else around or, or whatever else it is that, that, that's going on in, in your life that maybe seems more important to you. I'm going to tell you what. What's going on right now with David, the most important thing is that giant out there that's raging and threatening and mocking the church and the people of God. But how many really see that? How right. I many's got a willing mind? Lord, my mind is willing. Now what this means is I don't, I don't have hardly anything and I may have nothing but me. I don't have all that fancy swords. I don't have all this shining armor. I I don't even have all this training and this military talent that these guys has got. But God, I'm willing to put myself out there on the front line because I got a willing mind. And that willing mind behind that is faith. And I guarantee you, David's praying all the way. And we know the rest of the story. Or you should. This is Sunday school stuff. This is stuff that, one of the most famous accounts in the Word of God. (coughs) We know who won. But we know why he won. Let me take you somewhere else. Joshua led the armies of Israel also back in the book of of Joshua. And he's leading these people towards the promised land. And he's already taken down the city of Jericho. I say he has, God through him has. Because Joshua had faith in what God had called him to do and he set his foot to go do it and he had a willing mind to get it done. And he prayed. You can read in the book he prayed to God. And God showed up and God answered him and God talked to him and he told him what he wanted him to do. And he took down the most fortified city, one of the most fortified cities that existed at the time and destroyed it with the shout of the people of God. There's an excellent lesson right here of following the leader if you missed it. you can get thousands of people to shut up for seven days, you performed a miracle. <laughs> That's what happened. They had to because that was the order of God. That's right. There's a lot in this. But anyway, they took the city of Jericho down. See, it was in the way to the promised land. It was defiant to them reaching the promised land. Listen to me this morning. The city of Jericho was huge and it was a looming fortress right in the way of them getting to the place where God had promised them they could go, the land flowing with milk and honey, the promised land that had been spied out, come back with a good report by how many people? Two. Joshua and David, right? What would they say? What everybody else say? This was before. What did everybody else say? Too big. There's giants in the land. Too many of them, they're too big. They're scarce. What did Joshua and Caleb say? No, we can take them. Right. What do you say? Right. That's what we got to ask ourselves. What do we say? We have a willing mind? We have faith? Do we pray? Always? Or just when trouble walks up and slaps the daylights out of us and makes us realize, hey, trouble showed us, Is that when we pray? Well, I want to argue. It's a good time. <laughs> but you're a little late. And I'm not saying God doesn't have the ability to rescue you. You see, prayer... This Brother Sean, is Here. The Bible says in Proverbs, iron sharpens iron. Ecclesiastes of Proverbs 1.0. Iron sharpens iron. Preparation. Equipping before time. I find it very interesting that when David showed up in the account of Shem with the earth, when David showed up, he didn't have to go look for a swing. He had it with him. All he had was do go down and just pick up a few rocks. But before he ever could use either one of them, he had to have this thing set. I've got a willing mind, Lord. Whatever rises up against me, I'm keeping the focus. All the other Philistine soldiers that are around me that are trying to distract me, or that giant out there can get a blow in, a death blow on me ain't giving them my attention. Keep focus. I got a will in mind. And it's on Him. Not only is it on Him, it's right between His eyes. Because I'm getting ready to let loose in the name of God. And I'm going to turn what looks like defeat into
1: victory. Yeah. In the
0: name of the Lord. See, I got a will in mind. And I'm coupling my faith with that God that you're going to use me. As small as I am. And it's meager are my means. See, this is where many people get all fouled up. They think they got to have a lot of means before they can do anything. You've got a willing mind first as God respects that. God can take a willing mind and do things with it as you go along. You don't have to have an arsenal to carry with you. He will supply you as you advance and as you go. Right? Amen. Yeah. Joshua defeated, defeated, defeated armies. Taken and advancing to take the land and to take the promise that God had already said was Israel's. And they run up against a foe and not a whole lot of them one day. Matter of fact, the, some of the soldiers came to Joshua and said, Hey, just let a few of us go down there. We can handle them. There ain't very many of them. Okay, go ahead. You know what happened? The soldiers of Israel got defeated. Why? Joshua questioned God. What happened? We were doing great. Every enemy we advanced upon, we defeated them, we slaughtered them, we're moving, we're going towards the promised land. Towards that hope. You said it, God. I'll say it this way. God replied to Joshua. He said, you got trouble, boy. There's sin in the camp. Does the church really think it's going to get by with sin in the camp? Do you think it's going to get by when it sets up residence in the church? Yeah. You defeated You've been beaten. God did not intervene in this battle. He didn't precede you in this battle. He didn't give you victory in this battle because of sin living in the very camp. Church of today needs to realize. You can't let sin set up camp. You can't let sin have its way. That's right. Yeah. You can't let sin dictate. You can't let sin give orders. What it wants. And buckle and bow down to it and give in and say, okay, go ahead. I hope you know what that does. Weakens. Well, I thought sinners were supposed to come to church to get saved. Absolutely. Absolutely. This is touchy stuff for the day we're living in. We've talked faith, we've talked prayer, we've talked will and mind. And somehow we got over here and we got on the fact then that sin is in the camp. What did God tell Joshua to do? better find it. Better get rid of it. Now they did by drastic measure. In order for the church to be strong, powerful, spiritually military in action and force, the habitation of sin must not be allowed to exist in the ranks. That's right, amen. You say it this way. Because God says, okay, that's what you want. That's what you got. Yeah. My hands are off.
1: That's right. I'm going
0: Close. familiar verses out of God's Word, Ephesians 6, many times you've heard it preached and you've heard it taught. Field. We're not in a fantasy video game somewhere. We're in a war that's ever increasing, ever escalating. Constantly devise means by which to take the church out, down, to take the Christian out, down. They, We, they, we remain the big targets. venues used. It's like we're encircled, the biblical term encompassed with evil. It's like the crosshairs are on the church, the radars on the church, the sights are lined up on the church, and the triggers being pulled at will. What's the only thing going to resist that? Is one oh, just let it happen. It'll all happen, and then, well, one day Jesus will show up, and I'll go, shh. It'll all be over with. What are you going to do in the meantime? That's right. Put on the full armor of God. 10, chapter 6 says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. Strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. I want you to rationalize that a little bit. What's he talking about? My brethren, I'll add my sisteren. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his mind. You can only be strong in the Lord and in the power of his mind. If you have faith, believing, confessing. If you, if you pray, you cannot be strong in the Lord if you're not praying. Amen. It's impossible. Read the Bible account after account after account of people who were really nothing when God called them, but He equipped them with what they needed. They began to talk to Him. He talked to them. He gave them directions. He led them. He provided for them. They knew it. Their life had to be a life of prayer and faith and a willing mind to set their foot out to accomplish the things God has so planned for them to do. And we've got a big one at hand. You want to hear what it is? Uh, To keep the church alive. Really? Church will never die. That's the whole saying, never say never. Uh That's right. Elaborate on a lot of this, but again, I mentioned this a while back. A lot of people being robbed to sleep, and guess who the culprit is? Yeah. It's the buildings where pulpits exist. It's the buildings that have pews and fancy stuff. And out of this world, elaborate worship facilities. And I'm not saying that's all bad.
1: The will and mind and faith and a
0: prayer life comes right out of this word. It does not come by things people can do. That's right. We worship God, not man. Our faith must be in Him. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil, the devices, the instruments, the articulation, the strategy on every hand. It's everywhere. This is a necessity for every Christian, the whole armor, to stand against the wiles of the devil. You're not wise enough, friend, to stand against the wiles of the devil. You have to have God enable you to do that. Right famous scripture we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities against powers against the rulers of the darkness of this world against spiritual wickedness in high places wherefore taking to you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stay if you remain standing at the end you've won Amen. you've won because God has enabled you to stand because you've been You've been true. You've been a seasoned, battle-hardened warrior and you understand what battle is and you've been equipped with the very things God equipped you with to do His will and His purpose. Wow. Finish your note. Read the rest of them Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with... Notice these implements of warfare, of armor, of weaponry. Having your loins girt about with truth. Where's truth? What is truth? I asked Jesus that when he stood before and judged him. What is truth? What we need to know is. We need to know what the truth is. The Word of God is the truth. You can't have your loins girt about with the truth if you don't know the truth. And having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod at the preparation of the gospel of peace above all, taking the shield of faith. There it is. Wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Wow! All the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Amen. Yeah. Stop right there. My daughter in Oregon text fairly late last night, and her husband's uncle has been stricken with COVID, and he was really having some serious, serious breathing issues, and really, I mean, it was bad, and they were alarmed that his wife. Both of them contracted it, but he's really bad. And he's been to the hospital trying to get relief, and his breathing keeps decreasing, decreasing. And she put out a request. Please, people, pray. Now, I know this is one man in a great big country. And Judy told me, she said, Lindsay just sent this, and I read it. I said, okay. And I... Don't do these kind of things just to be somebody or to type something up that, well, look here. Inspired, okay? Inspired of the Holy Spirit. I just begin to type the text. Specifically to him. His name's Blaine. Ask y'all to pray for him. Blaine. I don't remember his last name. Blaine. And just creator God, one who's able to heal all things and all diseases and... We'd lift him up to you. And I mean, it it was kind of lengthy. And I sent it back to Lindsay and I said, you need to spread this right now. I called her, matter of fact. I said, get it going because this is a prayer of connection. This is a prayer of accord and faith and and unity. Spread it to people and get them on this wavelength and start praying. This man had just been to the hospital that night. They said, you're either going to come in or we're going to put you on a ventilator. Or we can let you go home. It's your choice. He said, I'm going home.
1: Because I know what's going to
0: happen. Or at least he felt like he knew. She texted this morning. And she said they slept all night long without a problem. And he's feeling much better today. I anything other than a cell phone and the ability to send a text. But I know who does. And I just, and I, please folks, don't ever get me wrong. I don't say these things you tell, to tell, to lift myself up in any way. As I speak it, God, please put me down. Get me down low. I don't want to be lifted up. But what I'm trying to say, the willing mind is huge. To do God, I don't even know what I'm, I didn't know what I was going to type when I picked that buddy started, and he supplied it. I had faith that God was going to honor this when multiple people began to get it and pray the same prayer, and that's what I said: pray this same prayer over him. These people prayed over him. All I had was me, faith. And a willing mind. And the ability and the knowledge to know that I better be praying. That's the greatest weapon we have. I've done nothing God done it all. To him be the glory. So let's be at work about, look, look. Don't pass by. So there wasn't very many at church this morning. We'll see how it is next week. Does anybody here know the names of the ones that aren't here? Absolutely we do, don't
1: they? So to work for them. There's a devil out there raging back and forth, threatening Not only them that aren't here, but you that are.
0: And we better be standing for one another. Willing to wage war and stand in battle and make up the hedge and fill the gap. Because that's what's required. Yeah, with this raging battle that's hmm. going on right now, would you stand? We yeah. gotta do something this morning. Hmm. It's been coming. And he'll assist to take over. You might not understand even what it is that you're saying, but he knows what needs to be. Pra- to strengthen up. We need to draw together. We need to unite. We need to be acquainted in the Holy Spirit. Does that make any sense? Acquainted in the Holy Spirit. Close-knit. Heavenly Father, help us to do that. Help us to be drawn near You, God. Father, help us to be drawn near one another, God, that we can couple faith. God, that we can unite in force, that we can put on the full armor of God together and bear it together, Lord. That we can take our willing minds, Lord God. That, Father, we can couple our faith, Lord God. Oh, Jesus that we can come to You together in prayer and in seeking You, Lord God, knowing You're the God of heaven and the One who can do all things and all things are possible through You. And Lord, we can join together and we can be the powerhouse of God on this earth right here in this place, God. You be the glory in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Praise Your name. Be conscious of Your brother and sisters. Conscious and conscious. Each other. Pray for each other. Fight for each other. Brother Stone, brother. Did you just miss us this morning?
1: Yeah. Well, Father, we come to you in prayer today and we ask you to come to please touch your hearts, Lord, and we'll do the blood of Jesus over every one of our families. Over this church, over this assembly, Lord Jesus,
0: I want to bring the blood of Jesus over oh, my word, Lord. Amen. I want the blessing of God to bring the door out, Lord. I want you to show this people what you showed me, Father. Lord, in, your name in your name I pray for. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Jesus. Amen. 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 God bless you. Love all of you. All of you. Let love flow Amen. between God and God, God. God bless you.